Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. That evening, welcome. You're listening to uh, TalkSport. This is Fight Night with me, Adam Catterall. Uh, Nick Pete from Fight Disciples Podcast is with me in the studio and we are joined by a, a steam guest. Absolutely. The knowledge of boxing has gone up tenfold in the studio. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone to the next level with a WBO, former WBO, Cruiserweight Champion of the World, Johnny Nelson being in there. How are you, my man? You well? All right, but you won't be saying that at 12 o'clock. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll have a go, we'll have a go. Uh, lots coming up on the show. Uh, we're obviously going to be talking about all of the latest ins and outs of the world of boxing. Uh, joining us, Kel Brook, uh, live from training camp as he prepares for Rabchenko in March. We're going to be speaking to Dillian White, who's also fighting in March. He announced this week he's going to be taking on Lucas Brown. He's on the show a little bit uh, later on. Billy Joe Saunders. Basically, we tried to get him last week. We couldn't. We're going to try and get him tonight and celebrate that fantastic performance at the back end of last year. He was absolutely amazing against David Lemieux. So basically, we're going to blow a small cup his backside. That's how <laughs> this is going to work. Uh, Gareth A. Davis, who's normally on the show, is live from California a little bit later on. He's been uh, having a chat with Virgil Hunter, a man that knows Am- Khan extremely well, so we'll be chatting to him as well a little bit later on. The Hall of Fame will be here, Cultural Corner as well, and you're more than welcome to get involved with the show at any point. 08717 You can text on 1889 if you wish to tweet. Tweet me directly, and I'll relay it to the boys. At Adam Catterall. This is Fight Night on TalkSport. Right, let's get stuck straight in, shall we? I suppose the biggest um, news story um, this week um, is the news of Amir Khan. I mean, I'll come to you first of all, Johnny, seeing that you're going to be covering his fights now with, <laughs> the, with your daytime job, my friend. Um, never in a month of Sundays. I mean, me and Nick spoke about this uh, in the middle of the week when we were chatting we on the whispers phone. about Frank Warrendale. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah. Listen, you know what? We Even to, even up to the day of the the announcement, we just got a call saying, look, it's a, an Amir Khan announcement. So we thought, all oh, right, what is it? He's so going we, back in the jungle. Yeah, he's <laughs> going back in the jungle. So we were even kept in the dark until, so obviously you're all going to think, you know, the why they feel in the room is yes, it's a fight set up with uh, with Cal Brook. Oh, it's a three fight deal with with uh, Eddie Hearn, which to me I think is probably at this stage in Amir's career is one of the best moves he could have ever yeah, done. I'd agree with that. Um, uh, and I've I've probably criticised Amir for the, on the last couple of years, not 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 through fighting, not through his boxing ability, just just through the decisions he's made. Mm. So uh, so on this one, I thought, well, good on you. Good on you. And, and I think it's well-deserved. I just hope, hope it's the right path, right opponents, and uh, 
to get through for the big fights. It was like watching the press conference for me. It was like watching two of my ex-girlfriends all of a sudden <laughs> become best friends. <laughs> oh, no. And I was watching it. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? You two were slagging each other off last week. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fight game. You know, I can remember when uh, Frank Warren was, was my promoter and he said, you know what? Sometimes you have to work with people you don't get on with. Mm. That's life. It's and business. It's, it's business. That's what it is. And uh, it seemed all hunky-dory. seemed all good. Um, uh, I just want to see how this pans out. It's a three-fight deal. Yeah. We're all hoping Cal will be in the mix. I'm quite sure that the, the, the British public are hoping for that as well. Yeah. But there are quite a few fighters out there that you'd think, you know what, the Amir Khan mm. is an amazingly fast-handed fighter, fast-footed fighting. So you want to know what he's got left because he's been out of the ring two years now, around yeah. two years. So you want to, his first fight will show us his desire, mm. uh, his speed, uh, uh, his boxing ability, Just and it'll just slot him where he should be. And the other thing is, is he welterweight? Is he like middleweight? That these are these are some household things we need to sort out. Plus, where's he going to train? Exactly. Has that training camp trained at all? Mm. Yeah, who's, who's got that? That was the big question I was going to ask. Is he going to come back to the UK? Is he going to be based out of Bolton again? Is he going to go back up to the states with Virgil Hunter? Is he going to go to yet another trainer? That, that's kind of all the questions that we need answering now. The press conference took me by surprise, but when it, when it ended, I had so many questions. Yeah, I still need an right. answer. You should have gone to it then, shouldn't yeah. you? And asked the questions. <laughs> but that's what you should have done. You still needed information. So yeah. thought, oh right, this is great news, but what about housekeeping? Where yeah. are you going to train? What's the mm. score with, with Virgil Hunter? Virgil Hunter is one of the few old school trainers that are left. You don't know what the relationship is there. You don't know what Amir is doing. So I think it will all uh, 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 transpire itself eventually. And that's, that's what you've got to look out for. Are you surprised that he is going to be back at £147? Are you surprised that he didn't go to 154 straight away? Very. Uh, I'm very surprised. I think he he is he's a he's a big lad. He's got mm. a broad back. I know he trains very hard. He loves training. But if he can make one four seven, good on him. Uh, if he can compete, if he compete at uh, a world class level at one four seven, good on him. Mm. Uh, but that's one thing you've just got to. Anybody can get down to one four seven. Even I could. I probably wouldn't be able to tie my shoelaces. <laughs> but. Uh, the point is, if you're going to yeah. get down there, you've got to be able to fight to the best of your ability. And and for Amir. You've got to rate him because he took his career away to America. He boxed the best of the best, you know, and so not many British fighters would do that. So now he's made a decision, which I think is a, is a really good decision. But I just want to, there's a, a lot of questions I want answering as well. Mm. So we'll see as it, as it rolls off. I think to make, I think to do 147, it's easy to say I want to do 147 when you've just spent the last eight weeks in the jungle, you <laughs> yeah. know, fighting with Dennis Wise for the plate of rice or whatever he was doing. So but it was I Ian think, Lee, our colleague for strawberries, <laughs> weren't it? Is that what it was? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different, you know. To do 147 long term, I think somebody of Khan's size yes. has got to live the life. He's got to be in the gym every single day, whether he's in camp or out of camp. And he's not done that for the last two years. Exactly. And, you know, I, one of the things that I, I got from Virgil Hunter when I spoke to him uh, on, on various occasions is he's like my old trainer where he wants you in the gym all the time. And I don't mean he wants you to train like a maverick 24-7. He wants you gym fit every day. So yeah. you're in there at least once a day, ticking over, sparring, hitting the bags, doing the pads. So you're on top of things. So eventually when it comes to a fight, it doesn't take you 12 weeks to prepare for a fight because you're already gym fit. Yeah. You just want to tweak it and, 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 and plan your, your moves on your opponent. So, so and I know I assume Amir's not one of those kind of fighters because I know Virgil was kind of frustrated with that. Mm. So, so these are things that 
if you're letting that side of your your game slide, you're going to come a cropper when you need it the most. Mm. So I hope Amir has, has, has been ticking over. He looks in decent shape, but I hope he's been ticking over. Mm. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, how it all pans out. 21st April, uh, Liverpool, that's the uh, that's the date in the diary. Mm. No opponent as of yet. I'm sure we'll get that over the next few uh, days or so. On that, I'd love it to be a domestic opponent. Would I'd you? love a domestic welterweight to get an opportunity. I really would. I think it'd be great. I, I, I don't know whether... Well, Sam Eggington's that, moved up, so you... <laughs> So it won't be him. Yeah, which is a shame. But I'm sure if I'm sure if you offered it to Sam, he'd move back down for it. Well, well, you, well I'll tell you what. We'll ask Kelly in five minutes whether he'll come back down <laughs> for it. You, you've got to you've got to look at the plans as well. You've got to look at who's out there. So if if, if Amir's realistically thinking, I want to uh, compete at world level. Yeah, give him a, a soft-ish touch. Yeah. What we'd say in the game uh, for his first fight. But then there's some serious fighters out there with with a bit of a name: Jesse Vargas, Andre Berto, uh, Lopez, Andre Brown, Brown, even Jeff Horn, who beat uh, who beat uh, uh, Pacquiao. And of course, Kel. So these are fighters that are, are there in that scene, and to say, you know what, these are actually good fights. Mm. But you wouldn't throw him here directly into these fights straight away because he's been out too long. But these are are, are eye catching fights that you'd like to see him involved in. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Eddie loves a narrative, so I'm going to make a prediction. <laughs> Check this out for a, a narrative, right? I'm going to go for Adrian Granados. Do you remember Adrian Bronner's mate who yep. we fought last yes. year? I'm going to go for him as the tune-up fight in the 21st of April. Oh, Liverpool. Then you mentioned Broner. Yeah. I think there's legit in that. I think that that could happen at yeah. some point. Him and Broner at 147, and then off the back of that, Kelbrook. That's the one we all want, isn't it? Come on, let's we, get up to 154 and Kel do the Kelbrook fight. I, I like what Johnny was saying there about, about Jeff Horn. I think if Jeff Horn hadn't but signed up to fight Terence Crawford, Crawford I think that might have been the fight for Amir, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see a domestic operator first. It's a good shout about him coming over to, to Liverpool on the 21st. But uh, I, I just think a domestic fighter on the 21st would be, would be a good way to ground them back in, get mm. the fans back yeah. on board. Mm. Don't forget, that show in Liverpool, regardless of who goes on that undercard now, that's going to sell out in because Ami has now transcended the sport with this with the jungle business. It worked for David Hay and mm. it's going to work for Amir. Mm. It'll be a completely different type of crowd than what we used to see at Amir Khan fights when he was based in the UK. It'll be housewives and everything. They and all want to be there. Joel John D once said, it's not just about the fights, it's about the matchmaking. So, yeah. so at this stage now, it's about about getting the right fights for Amir uh, to to elevate him to to, to that st- status. I don't know. You know, the question is: Are these boys still world world level material mm. at one four seven? Uh, and so it's they, a shark pool at one four seven. Oh man? my goodness, unbelievable! <laughs> I personally think the biggest fight out there for for him. Uh, this is my personal opinion. I think it's Kel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's no uh, doubt about that. Uh, and uh, and I think that it's vice versa for Kel. I think if the fights at welterweight. Uh, Kel's my boy, but I'd say I'd, I'd side with Khan. Mm. Uh, if it's at like middle, I'd side with with Kel. Yeah, he's and so, so therefore, there's a lot of twos and throws. It might be a catchway uh, if it did happen. Uh, but of course, it's this is what it's all about. It's for us all to discuss and uh, and get involved. In. Well, we got one of them on in a minute, so we'll, so we'll have a word with Kel in a minute when he when he's when he's up. Uh, I mean, he's back on April 21st. That's clashes with uh, Carl Frampton and Nanito Donaire, which is an absolute tremendous fight in Belfast. Yeah. Strange, and and strange announcement. That. Well, strange. we're hearing. We're Same. hearing as well that there's a possibility on the undercard of that uh, Carl Frampton fight that Tyson Fury might be making his comeback on that nice. fight because he's doing a, he's he's he said that he's working with Frank. Frank's applied for his boxing license on yeah. his behalf. We need to see him back, don't we? Listen, in that heavyweight I, listen, mix, I don't doubt him getting his uh, his license back. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, uh, so therefore, for Tyson Fury, like it or not, he's the most dangerous heavyweight out there mm. because he's so unpredictable, so unorthodox. You can't even guess or even prepare for a fighter like Tyson Fury because he doesn't even know what he's going to do to the bell goes. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he even thinks unorthodox. So 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 you may have 
have dangerous fighters like Deontay Wilder, the dangerous, you know the dangerous from the off. With Tyson Fury, you don't know what you're going to get. Mm. He'll hit you with your backhand when you least expect it. He'll do everything, move left to right when you expect him to move right, right to left. So he's got to get himself in decent shape. I hope he doesn't want to jump in the, in the ring with uh, Anthony Joshua this year mm. because I think he needs a couple of fights just to say, right, I'm Let's back in the build the narrative goal, as well, man. Build Let's it build up. It, yeah. And then early next year, boom, we're back in as long as Anthony Joshua's winning constantly. As well. mm, absolutely. Um, we're going to continue our conversation about Anthony and the heavyweight division as well because there's been some other fights that have been uh, made. Wilder Ortiz, March 3rd in New York. Um, we're hopefully going to get an announcement on AJ Parker. Johnny will give us the inside on that. Huh? Uh, March 31st, fingers crossed in Cardiff, Johnny, yeah? Give yeah, us a nudge. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to talk about. But coming up next, he says he's his boy, so we're going to speak to him next. Cal Brook is on Fight Night. You're listening to Talk Sport. We thought we'd make uh, Johnny feel at home on the show tonight by inviting one of his fellow uh, Sheffield uh, countrymen to the to the show. Listen, it's a change to have some northern it's accents to proper. be working with instead of all proper. southerners. <laughs> That's uh, it. Sky. Keeping it in the north, mate, today. <laughs> Keeping it real. That's it. If you want to get involved uh, with Fight Night tonight, you can do 08717 on the text, and you can also tweet me directly at Adam Cattrall. Thank you very much uh, for all your correspondence so far. They're coming in thick and fast. Johnny's already answered half the questions that, have, uh, that you've come <laughs> in in the first part of the show. Uh, but we'll get stuck into this now because uh, the main man who is back on the 3rd of March against Sergei Rybchenko uh, at light middleweight this time, 150 four pounds Kel Brook is joining us live on the phone probably from a sunnier climate than it is right now in the UK Kel how are you mate you good yeah evening lads evening how are you doing pal where are you are you in Fuerteventura at this moment in time getting a little bit of sun on your face I am I am I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. and look at that that's uh, and as if by magic the signals now dropped <laughs> out so oh he's back he's back there I can just about hear you Kel so um what Johnny, you're, you're familiar, obviously, with the Ingle Gym. Back in your day, mate, they weren't knocking about in Fuerteventura, were they? You know no, what I mean? We, you, we you were doing the runs in Sheffield. Yeah, so. Sheffield, uh, uh, Newman Road, now they're in the sun, lapping it up. I've been watching you, Kel, and, uh, and Kid Galahad living it up, making that as though you're really tired. Yeah, yeah. I bet Dominic's <laughs> really giving it his, isn't he? He's giving it his, Johnny. He's giving it his, uh, that death run. Nearly killed her. <laughs> Yeah, the, the difference with Dominic is yeah, Dominic yeah. will actually do it with you as well, so will he's it? got no excuse. Well, he's, he's stacked his dom, you know what I mean? He yeah. could probably lift a bit as well. He, yeah. could, he, he could get you a run for your money. I noticed the other day, by the way, Kel, on social media, that you once all this boxing stuff has, has gone, maybe a little bit of Strictly Come Dancing or a... <laughs> I Kel can't dance! Mate, he was giving it... <laughs> him and Barry in the back of the car, man, they were giving it some. I can dance me that ballet ballet that in the Indian song, yeah? 
Yeah, <laughs> you're giving it a bit of Bollywood. I saw it, man. You're giving it a bit. Maybe stoves his backing dancers. He's having you on. <laughs> Listen, I man, you must be. You might see me on it. <laughs> Listen, you must be extremely chomping at the bit, dead excited. March third, back at light middleweight, mate, in your home city. I bet you can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to put uh, the extra seven pounds back on. I'll feel a lot healthier at the the weight above. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back on East Sheffield and uh, get get a win under my belt. Be honest, Kel. I mean, you're a big boy, so therefore, how much of a struggle was one four seven? Was it killing you at the end? Johnny, I'll tell you, I've been making it since I was about 12 year old. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult uh, to make it, you know, to make the weight. So I think, um, you know, the extra, extra few pounds will definitely be beneficial for me. Couple of questions coming in from fans here, mate. How are them orbital bones? Have you, uh, are you all like a million dollar man now? Have they all uh, sorted you out? I'm like Terminator now. Dum 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 da dum. The eyes, the eyes are fine. The eyes are fine. I've, uh, I've been doing odd, odd, odd sparring with it. I'm not, I'm not in full, full sparring yet. But the, the eyes are fine. I'm, you know, there's, there's no issues there. Now, I've no doubt that every single conversation you've had this week with the announcement of uh, Amir joining Eddie is about Amir, of course. I just want to play something because you've um, obviously been on record saying that it's either this year or it's never happening. This is his response to that. I mean, Kel's just moved up to £154, which is like middleweight now. When I moved up to middleweight, obviously losing to Canelo, uh, I always I always said that, you know, that's not a weight for me because I'm not, I'm not my frame, body frame, not that big to be at that weight. But look, I think that fight is a fight out there now, and I think it only makes it closer because we're both under the same umbrella. You know, being with Max, and I want to see how my performance is in April. Take it from there, really. It has been two years since then. In them two years, I've had that hand operation as well. So I want to make sure I'm 100% first. Can we, at the start of the show, I asked Johnny the ex- this exact same question. He's obviously coming back at £147. Are you surprised that he's come back at 147 and not 154? Uh I don't know because he's been in that jungle, and so he's probably not been eating too much. <laughs> um, but uh, like I say, he's had two years out. You know, he's me and him are very similar in size and everything else. So we'll have we'll have to see. We'll have to see what I perform like at one fifty four. You know, and uh, to be honest, we have I have been eating a few cakes for the last six months myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think you know if he's serious about making the fight, we can we can come together and and see what way we actually make the fight at. Do you think in your heart of hearts, Kel, it's going to happen? Do you, honestly, do you, do you think you're going to get Amir across the ring from here this year? I, I think if, it, if it's going to happen, it's definitely going to happen now, you know, this year. We're both, you know, both under the, the, with the same promoter and Eddie, and so, you know, if if it's going to happen, it's, it's it's got to happen now, hasn't it? So, you know, I'm excited that, you know, I'm excited that he's moved over you know, he's, he's under the he's under the matchroom bandwagon, so we may we may see me and him in the ring Kel, this year. Kel, what's your personal opinion on why why realistically it's not happening yet? Because I know fighters, you know, it's, it's usually the business that messes up a lot of fights not being made. So why do you actually think the fight's not happened yet? I hope it's you know for the, you know the politics. I hope I hope it is that. You know, I hope it's um, because he was different promoters, having different people in his ear talking to him and time to hold off and do this and do that. I hope now, you know, and uh, 
you know, I've been told that, you know, it's 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 going to happen but you know, until we're until we're looking at each other across across the ring, you know, it's you know, I don't I don't I don't believe it until you know, until it until it happens because it's been talked about for years. Well, but Johnny's look, Johnny's looking for now that he can I think uh, what do you think, Johnny, now he's moved over, do you think it will happen? Well, personally, I think if it, if it, as you say, it doesn't happen now, there's no way it will happen because you guys are with the same promoter. There's, mm. there's, there's no politics that should be involved in this. So uh, I think the excuses have gone now for, for both sides. Um, uh, even if it's a catchweight, if, if, if a man wants to do 147, you know, and, and obviously he knows you'll struggle at it. So uh, I think if things are ever in the right place, it's got to be now uh, in, in this three-fight deal. And I'm quite sure Eddie... If it is possible, Eddie Hearn will, uh, will do everything possible to get it on. This is the legacy fight, isn't it, surely? For, yeah, it is. For, it feels like a bit of a... For both you guys, Kel, both both yourself and Amir, you both need yeah. this fight to happen for your own legacy's sake. We both need to, We both need this fight. Um, you know, I think probably... This is probably my last year in, in boxing, fighting, competing. You know, and there's not going to be another fighter out there what excites me and gets me up for a fight. Like uh, like him. So what about um, Reb- what about Rabchenko? Rabchenko is, is a dangerous is a dangerous fighter, Johnny. You, you've seen him in with with another stable mate of ours in Ryan Rhodes. You know he's, he's you know he's he's a very good fighter. He's very uh, he's very tough, durable, strong. You know I've got I've got to have my wits about me in this fight. You know it's a it's a very tricky fight, but I'm focused and. Uh, you know, I've still got a lot to prove. I've, there's still, there's still lots, lots to come out of me, and I need to, uh, I need to show the fans what I can do, hundred percent. Johnny's looking forward to uh, the gloves are off. By the way, between you and Amir, <laughs> yeah. we're going to get you some yeah, extra security. Yeah. I'm going to try and get my I mobile phone just under the desk so I can record it. <laughs> it's going uh, to be exciting. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to uh, a little bit of rest before you obviously hit the road tomorrow because I believe that it's uh, it's the death run tomorrow. Is that death right? run. Dominic's, Dominic's yeah. a, a, Dominic makes your ears bleed. Mm. He'll swear that much. He'll make you sure you do it. So I know you boys are loving it and hating it at the same time. Well, looking forward to the next Bally Bally Instagram. All right, mate, take care. <laughs> All right, keep your eyes out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Top man. Um, Kel Brook. Uh, back at light middleweight, 3rd of March against Sergei Rebchenko. Are you all right, both of you, in what you've just been saying there regarding the Amir Khan? It is the legacy fight. We all want to see that fight, and we hope that that uh, fight can uh, get made. Any surprise listening to him there where he's saying, listen, this is going to be my last year? Um, it, my worry is, you know, when a fighter publicly talks like that, um, saying, you know, he's, he's seen the end of the road, he's kind of already jacked in. Mm. Uh, so, so, so this is about strength of mind. I think with Cal, I don't think it's ever going to be a physical thing. I think it's going to be a mental thing. So if he's thinking, right... I love this fight for a year. I want the fight he wants is <clears throat> Amir Khan. He needs to just just drop that out of his head because if you look past Amir Khan and 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 he overlooks, uh, sorry, if he overlooks Rubchenko yeah. and looks at Amir Khan, mm. Rubchenko beat Ryan Rose back in 2012, uh, and 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 he was tough. Uh, and this is just a test, just to see how how Kell is. At light middle. Uh, so Kel's got to concentrate what's in front of him. Uh, yes, you need a, a fighter that's going to get you up out of bed at stupid o'clock in the morning and, and motivate and drive you on. And Amir Khan is that fighter. Uh, but realistically, if these, if the, if this doesn't happen now within the three-fight deal that he's got with Eddie Hearn, mm. it's never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, you get Gideon excited the last two years about it. 
there's been one excuse for another why it's not happening. There's no reason why this fight shouldn't happen because both guys are good fighters. Kel's strong and Mia's fast. Um, everything's in place for this to happen. It's usually it's, it's usually the politics of our game that, mm. that mess it up. Mm. And, uh, and, and I just hope for the fans' sake and for the fighters' sake, this is the biggest fight out there for both fighters, regardless what who anybody says. It's the biggest fight out there financially, uh, mm. and 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 still, it's a, it's going to be a, a, an arena fill. I can remember being at Bramall Lane when Kel boxed Spence, and it was an unbelievable atmosphere yeah. in Sheffield. Everybody benefited, even though the result wasn't how we wanted it. Mm. Uh, it was such an atmosphere. So it could happen here. It could happen in Manchester. It could happen in Manchester. It could happen anywhere. That is a filler. Yeah. And so uh, I just think it'd be a shame if these guys didn't take advantage of that. No, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned something there, which kind of beautifully segues us into our next guest, because you're talking about guys that need an opponent to get them motivated, mm. to get them angry, to get them up <laughs> for a fight. <laughs> There's only one man that I'm talking about. Dillian White needs a little bit of ag, doesn't he? He needs a little <laughs> bit of needle in a fight. And he's got one coming up in March. Dillian White's on the show next. Don't go anyway you listen to fight night on talk sport uh, now tomorrow evening from seven o'clock on talk sport guillaume balaguer chats with the former spain liverpool and real madrid midfielder jabby alonso in a new edition of inside football in the first episode of the last series alonso reflects on some of the memorable moments of his career getting kicked in the chest by nigel de Jong in the 2010 world cup final uh, marking lionel messi in el clasico and what playing for Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola was like. He also speaks about his future plans, including his ambition to one day manage Liverpool. For sure, I have dreamt of that. For sure, I have to first I have to prove myself. I need to prepare. But you know, if I decide somewhere along the way to to take the my chances as a manager, you know, my link, my commitment, my my passion with Liverpool is there. And why not? We'll see if we can cross paths in in our ways. A reminder that you can hear Guillaume Balaguer's full interview with Jabby Alonso from 7 o'clock tomorrow night, only on TalkSport. You got distracted there, Nick, didn't you, to be fair? I mean, we're in the middle of fight night. We speak about boxing on a week-by-week basis, but everybody knows that listens to the show that you're a big red, big yep. Liverpool fan. You've got oh, one eye yeah. on tomorrow's game against Man City, and now you've heard that Jabby Alonso's on tomorrow night, and we know what you're going to be doing. Well, I'll be tuning in, certainly. He's an icon. I was in Istanbul. <laughs> you know, he's forever in my heart. I'd love to see you and Tony Belli having a conversation. Oh, we've had many conversations, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, let's get to it, shall we? Because uh, our next guest is ready to rock and roll. Uh, he's a man with... Um, Eyes on uh, heavyweight title prizes, and he's got a, a real good showdown lined up uh, in March. March 24th, O2 Arena. You'd think that the winner of this would be prime, right in line uh, for a shot at one of the big boys. Um, Dillian White is on the show right now. Dillian, thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. I'm good. Look at him. He's addressing the fans. He's addressing <laughs> the crowd. Listen, March 24th, man, you must be chomping at the bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's one of those fights that it's been dragged out and it's taken a long time to make. There may have been a lot of annoying things that have been said and, and a few nasty things that have been said as well. So, so it's, it's good, you know, this kind of fights, as Johnny would tell you, they, they're good fights because they get your juices flowing, they get your training. I mean, i got 10 weeks to the fight and I'm already training balls to the wall already. Listen, Dills, we know how you work, mate. No disrespect, right? <laughs> I know where you're going. We were all in Cardiff. We watched Alenius. Alenius didn't want to engage. There was nothing in the press conference. You know what I mean? You had your Mr. T jacket on. Everything was cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> however, 
However, let's be straight. When there's a little bit of needle in a press conference, when you've got a little bit of ag with someone on social media, that's when we see the best Dillian White. I know you've got a smile on your face right now because you know March 24, there's going to be flames. You know what? The Elena's part is different. There's no upside for me. No, no pay-per-view upside. So there's no point in me, you know what I mean? You know, Robert Elena's wasn't nasty. never seen any nasty things. And there was no upside pay-per-view for me. So it's just a routine fight. I went out there and he wasn't disrespectful. He was a nice guy. So I just approached it that way and dealt with it that way. There's no need for me to be nasty. So just went out and dealt with it. But this fight is my own show, my own main event. Lucas Brown is nasty. He said some really nasty things. You know, I mean, some bad, you know, and um, he's got a big mouth and um, he'll come to fight. And he's beating a friend of mine as well, which I want to get him back for as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I've just got a question. I know we're all hooking up this week. Are you going to behave yourself? <laughs> I I have I myself until when people start coming on to me. You know, you know me. I'm, I'm a good boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good boys are bad boys that don't get caught. <laughs> Do you know something? I felt like I was the headmaster at a school there, listening to somebody's excuse going, he started it, he, you know what I mean? I just finished it. That's how it went down. <laughs> you know, that, that's it, man. You know, I'm, a, I'm not one for starting fights, but, you know, I will... I will finish them you know <laughs> <laughs> listen in the, in the in the prelude up to what we were just talking about there i think we've we're all in the same mindset that this is a, a huge opportunity for yourself because let's be honest lucas is a former champion okay he lost it in in a peculiar way uh, but he's a former champion it's a it's a big name in the heavyweight division if you knock this guy out if you do a job on this guy in in devastating fashion surely you're next in line for one of the boys that hold one of the titles well, that, that's that's the plan, you know what I mean? I, I try not to overlook any fight, I try not to understand anybody. But, you know, Lucas Brown, former WBA, regular world champion, 25 and 0 with 22 KO. You know what I mean? He's a very confident guy, he's a big guy, big old lump, and he's undefeated. And um, former champion, if I beat him, then no one can deny me. I, I'm number one ranked contender as it is already. I beat him, then no one can deny me. I wrote that fight, I knock him out, no one can say, oh, I'm not ready, I haven't had the fight, this, that, the other. No one can say that, you know? Uh, you must have that confidence because if you go through it the right way, you're not you're not you're not leapfrogged over anybody, which you, which you have done. You've put yourself into a position where where legitimately you, you you're in line for a world title shot. That's got to build your confidence up as well for whoever you get in the ring with for the world title. Hey, you know me, Daniel, Dom, Johnny. I started from the bottom. I know I'm almost there, so I just got to keep um keep chipping away and you know, I don't make no mistakes. And these fights are very important for me. I have to win these fights. I have to win them in good fashion and, and I'm always trying to win them in good fashion but um, you know I've got a lot of confidence Lucas Brown he's um, when I look at Lucas Brown he's the guy with a big punch he's a big guy with a big punch really and it's not like he's got big punches he's got one big punch it's the right hand he tries to really load up load up on all the time and that's it he hasn't got a great job he's not a great hooker he's just got a hefty right hand and um, if you look at the fight with Jim and Chagev Chagev was out boxing him and then Chagav got comfortable running into a big shot. And that's what happens when you fight big guys. If you, if you lose concentration, you can get knocked out. You know, even James Stoney was out boxing. And James Stoney's about a thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in an ideal world, you get past Lucas Brown. Out of, all, out of the champions that are, are there right now, that they haven't boxed each other, who would you want to get in the ring with first out of all the champions? Really with, I don't really care which one, to be honest. I mean, they are hard fights and they are tough fights. No, they're all undefeated champions, so I don't really care. They are going to be, they are going to bring roughly the same amount of um of confidence and challenge and 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 tough to the fight. You know, obviously, 
Joshua and Wilder is probably the two most dangerous out of all three of the champions. But you know, I don't, you know, they're also the biggest fights out there for me. You know, if I fight Parker, it'll be a good fight. I'll beat Parker, but it won't be a mega fight. And I want to be involved in mega fights that people can talk about for for years to come. So I want to definitely Wilder or Joshua after. Dillian, who do you think's the toughest opponent though out of the two? Who do you think's the best, Joshua or Wilder? I, I, um, <laughs> you can have I to give him a compliment, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, listen, I don't mind giving them guys a compliment. They, they, listen, they're doing great job. They're doing a great job for the sport. You know, they, they're to the top ambassador for the sport. So I don't mind giving them a compliment. You know, and the, the better they do, the better I do, because eventually when I fight them, it's going to be a bigger fight and et cetera, mm. et cetera. But um, I would say it's a tough one, really, because when you look at the opponents, um. That they both fight, you know, um, it's a bit hard to judge, really, because both men haven't really fought. Who's been Deontay Wilder's best opponent? Bermain Severn. Mm. Who's been Joshua's best opponent? Um, um, me and I'm glad of me, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so it's a tough one, but I'll I, I give AJ the edge um, as a tough opponent. Listen, um, how many um, family and friends tickets have you got for uh, March 24th? <laughs> I'm not on the blag. I just want to know how big your crew is, right? Because... When you fought Derek in Manchester, I was ringside. Sadly, I say sadly, this is sadly for me because my back's still put out a little bit. <laughs> I was sat in and around all your family and friends. Jimmy, Jimmy Manuel was, uh, was in and around that crew and we're having a little bit of a chat. They get animated when you fight, man. Just, just let me know where they're going to be sat in the arena so I can sit on the opposite side. I need to look after my health. They, get, they, get a, they want to get in there with you. Listen, these f- fights... Any one of your friends or family to fight is very emotional. Imagine, <laughs> especially when it's a big, when it's two big heavyweights are fighting, and it's a friend or family. It's crazy because you know, it's one punch can destroy someone badly. So it's emotional. So obviously, people come to support your family or friends. They're very animated and very emotionally um, charged for the fight. So you know, um, it, 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 watching your people fight is very difficult, man. I don't mind fighting. I'm never nervous, but when it comes to my people fighting, it's, 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 it's by the way, the uh, the ring walk that night was uh, was on point, man. A little bit of ACDC, I'm down <laughs> with that. That was that was solid. You know, the ring walk, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a song that, that I get that like, vibe from, you know, um, and obviously with the jaws and that, it gives a little bit of intimidation factor to it. So, <laughs> you know, so it's one that I thought about, you know, and everyone likes it, and I like it, it gives a good vibe. So, yeah. You, know, you need to bring, good, mate. You need to bring it March twenty fourth. I want to wear a little bit of Jaws into some ACDC, back to black, and then I'm in. I'm in. I'm in the. I'll, I'll, I'll get over with Jimmy. I'll go and sit with Jimmy Manuel in the crew, right? And we'll get in there. You know, what? I just I need I need to find someone to make the to make the Jaws a little bit deeper for me. But I need to find someone that can make their own version of it because the Jaws is not it's just not deep enough yet. I ain't finished with it yet. It's best Let- is yet to come. There's, you know full well there'll be a lot of grime DJs listening to this show right now. They're going to do some random remix and they're going to be posting it to your inbox now, mate. The, 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 the ring walk is sorted. Any, any, listen, anyone that makes a good one, I'll pick it and I'll use it. And I'll give them a big up on the night after the win. <laughs> good lad. Listen, Always on the hustle. Absolutely. <laughs> listen, yeah, you've got to give it in free. He's not going to pay for it, but he'll give you the big up. There you go. <laughs> Dale, nice one. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, man. All the best on March 24th, man. Take care. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. See you in a week.
You've got him. You've got him for uh, gloves are off this week. That's going to yeah. be fun, Johnny. Good that luck, is going to be fun. Have you got security? <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I want to tell you some stuff, but wait till the mics go. One man that definitely did impress us again. Johnny knows him very, very well because he's in the Ingle Gym at this moment in time. He probably put in the best British overseas performance of last year. We want to see him in with the big boys at some point this year in the middleweight division. Is of course the WBO middleweight champion Billy Joe Saunders. We're going to try and get our hands on him next. He's going to be on the show. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Now gets in with a body shot, partially blocked and then missed by a mile with the right hand. Saunders looking out into the crowd to see where it landed. When, you, when you're uh, one-dimensional like David Lemieux, you're never, ever, ever going to beat someone like uh, Saunders on points. It's got to be a knockout. And how to get a knockout? You tell me. Maybe hit him with a stick, I'd say. Trip him over. I know you're booing me because... Um, I'll whip your fighter's ass, but, you know, it's, that's boxing. I look easy to hit. I look easy to hurt. I look easy to put down. I look like I run out of gas, but you can't hit me. I've beaten enough dog meat now. Golovkin, you keep saying you want my WBO belt when I was 14 stone out of shape and wasn't in love of boxing. Then you wanted to fight me. Fight me now. Now fight me. We'll see a different story because you'll be punching fresh air. Yes, 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 yes. The more I hear that the more I smile. I just keep thinking of that moment where Billy looks into the bleachers, the, the, punch, the punch has landed on Roll Z, and he thinks he's like, yes, mate, that's the coming-of-age fight, isn't it? It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And just hearing him then as well, he, he's completely changed since he's gone to Winklebang, since he's hooked up with Dominic. He's just completely changed as a fighter, the very best of Billy Joe. He's finally living up to all that potential he had so early on. For two years, he seemed lost in the wilderness. But now, Johnny... He's back and he's firing you know, on all when, cylinders. When I heard that he, he joined the gym, I was a bit worried because our gym is full of nutters, and so so therefore you've <laughs> it's got Sheffield. What do you expect, man? You've got to be you've got to be a bit of a nutter to, to settle in that gym. It's very unorthodox. Our training methods are very 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 strange. If you don't get it, if you don't if you can't get it, you'll mm. you'll never go back again. So I was a bit. Your footwork drills are yeah. bonkers, by oh the way. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand. Stuff They're you've nuts. got to do, you'd think this is crazy. So I was a bit worried um, that he wouldn't settle in. Within a week, guys at the gym were saying, Johnny's one of the boys. He's one of the boys. So, and I think it was in London, and uh, a guy we called Killer, uh, he... he, um, <laughs> he, he, he don't he, ask any questions he, about he was that. On, exactly. He was on the phone, and he said, oh, Billy's here. So I said, Billy, be careful, because you know you're going to get pickpocketed in that gym. He said, you what? He said, I'm robbing a lot of these here. <laughs> so, and I could hear more laughing and joking. I thought, he's one of the boys. Yeah. And Dominic Ingle is the kind of guy, he's like Marmite Dominic. If you don't get him, you'll hate him. But, you know, to me, I love him to death. He's just, he's a perfect man for this. You look at Billy, uh, conditioned physically, great uh, great condition. Other fighters are looking at this. There's a guy called Jason Quigley. Uh, he was a Sky Scholar, moved over to Los Angeles, signed up with Oscar De La Hoya. He's now even impressed by what he's seen uh, with, with Kid Galahad, mm. Kel and, and, uh, and Billy Joe. And he's, and he's now relocated from, Los An- from LA to Sheffield. So, uh, so that's a big shout. So I think for Billy... I think he's found home. Uh, I think he's 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 very comfortable and very happy where he is. And uh, and yeah, he, he's now he's now fulfilling his potential because you look, you think, wow, I did not see that coming. Mm. But he looks spot on, and he's loving it. Mm. That's most most important. Well, let's ask him because we've blown smoke up his backside. Now he's here, Billy. How are you, mate? You well? How are we going, lads? I'm good, man. You? Look at him. Look at him. he's got a <laughs> he's got a spring in his step. He's enjoying the uh, warm weather training at this moment in time. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm, out. I'm in the cold weather at the minute. The boys fly back tomorrow. 
and I'm back up uh, Sheffield with them on uh, on Monday. On Monday, I've had the order from Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Dom is like a prison governor, isn't he? Do you know what? Listen, it, it's good because you know, like like Johnny said, you have to get him, and if you don't get him. And you try to, you know, go in that gym and try and do your own thing and mix a little bit of their stuff in with it. It's never, ever going to work. I mean, the, the drills you go through, the running and, you know, the banter and everything, you're either all Ingle or you're, you're not. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, it, it listen, I've trained all over the world, amateur and pro, and uh, it gets no harder there. And it gets no stricter. I mean, if, if you're one of them, I only want to give. And anyone can tell you who's ever trained me, it's not. It's not the it's not the training method or the training side. I've always trained hard. I always have done. But you know, when you go there, you see the likes of young kids out there fighting for, you know, fighting for their life, fighting for the next meal, really, and they're on it the next day. And when you see that, it just opens your eyes up a little bit more, and you know, you you get to know the game proper. Listen, Bill. Well, it's definitely made an impact on you because with don't say this the wrong way. For two years, I, I said two years ago when you beat Andy Lee. Listen, this guy is the man to challenge Golovkin. He's the man. Mm-hmm. And then for two years, people have been tweeting me, giving me abuse, saying I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll tell you something, mate. Those tweets have changed now because <laughs> this December 16th, you put in a performance where people are now legitimately having a conversation where they're saying. Could Billy Joe Saunders beat Golovkin? Could Billy Joe Saunders beat Canelo? And it's a legitimate argument. People going back and forth. You must be buzzing at this moment in time, mate, because you're you're, you're a step away from that fight. It is it's all right buzzing and, and carrying on, but the job's far from over yet. You know, at the end mm. of the day, I'm only it's only a building process. I've only been with Dom six months, so what I'm going to be like in another six? You know, it's mm. one of them things that they now they were screaming for my belt. So that performance, in a way, was really good, but also really bad. Financially, it could it could cost me because I always knew that they looked at me and, and and looked at me as an easy target. But I knew deep down, I knew that I had, I knew, I know what I got in me. Should I say, I know what I can mm. produce. But now they're looking and thinking, well, it's not as easy as we first thought. I'm not saying they're running and they're scared because they're quite, you know, it proves, you know, they're, they're both great champions. But do they really want to sell for what? You know, moves his feet is hard to it. You know, they want someone in their face to have a tear up for the fans. And you know, I, I'm not that sort of fighter. I'm a, I'm a boxer. I like to eat and not get it. You know, it, I, I like a life after boxing as well. You know, and when you take too much punishment, you know, a good example was Johnny. I think he had what did you have thirteen defensive. Johnny was it? Yeah, thirteen. Thirteen. That's 13. thirteen defenses. So, so you know, that's you know that that, that shows itself, and oh, he's still got his wits about. I mean, that's what I want to do. I don't want to have. 13 defensive, 13 defences or, or 7 or 8 and come out a bit punchy. I want me mm. wits about me. So, you know, I'm, I'm that sort of fire. And when you're in with Canelo and Glockin, you know, they're big dangerous fights for people's health and that. So, for one, you got to get well paid. For two, you know, you've got to fight, fight a, uh, a smart fight. No, absolutely, man. When you um, just, I've, I've always I wanted to ask you this as soon as you did it. Once you started looking out into the bleachers when David Lemieux <laughs> wafts you in front of your face, oh. what is going through your head at that moment in time, mate? Because it was just genius. I mean, what it see what it is that when you're with the Ingles, it's you know it, they they make you happy. Like I say, you if you if you get the drift of their sort of work, you're happy doing it, even though it's hard. But you, you're very happy, and a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. And I haven't been happy for a long time. So I knew going into that fight what I was going to do because I wasn't going to leave it close like I probably would do if it was in England or something like that. I knew I was away from home. I knew what I had inside. And I thought, right, you either got to bring it out now or you're going to lose your belt. So there is no room for error here. 
And, you know, I went in that ring 110%. I knew I was fit. I knew I'd done the hard work. And I just had fun. And when you have fun, you know, it just it just happens. I didn't plan I was going to do that. It just, you know, I was getting in his head a little bit. And the more I wound him up, the more he was missing. So, you know, I just kept it going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a cracker, mate. It was absolute bella. Listen, we're hearing that Canelo's now agreed to do the Triple G fight, May the 5th. So when are we, first of all, when are we going to see you? And then with that in mind, who are you targeting? Who's next up? You know, look, coming off that performance, I want, um, I want to, I'm definitely out in April. Um, I've got to sit down with Frank Warren and my management, MTK. Um, and, and, you know, we, there's a couple of names been thrown thrown at me. Um, you know, but I, I, I want a good fight. I don't want someone... Oh, I don't want to tune up fight and wait for September for one of them. I want, a, I want a good fight to get my head on it. Because I'm the sort of fight, I've got to have a challenge in front of me. You know, I have to. The better person I fight, yeah. the better I perform. So that, I want someone in, yeah. the, in front of me that's, uh, that, you know, is a well-capable opponent. So you're talking Charlo, you're talking Jacobs, that's the type of level that you're talking, mate. Well, you know, Jacobs asked for the fight. He kept, he kept banging on about it. But, you know, I would love to fight Jacobs. But reality is, is Eddie Earn and Frank Warren going to do business? Are, you know, is Frank going to let me go on Sky? Is Eddie Earn going to let him go on BT Sport? So that fight is, you know, when he signed with Eddie Earn, if he wanted to sign with an English promoter wanted to fight me, he should have signed with Frank Warren because mm. he would have had the fight now. But, you know, he went with Eddie Earn. Fair play to him. But, you know, he probably went for his own reasons. But that's, that fight's near impossible to make now. Not for a me and him, because for one, we both get well paid. And for two, it's a very, very good fight for the fans. But the, the third um, number is that it, we, we, we've... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Promotions and, yeah. you know, it's just not going to work. This won't work. I'd love to make it work, and if it could, brilliant. I'd, I'd love to fight him, wherever it, wherever it was. But, you know, I'm a BT and uh, Books Nation fire. I've got respect, you know, from that side from Frank Warren. He's done a lot for me. So whoever he puts in front of me next with my management, then that's all I take. So hopefully it is Danny Jacobs, because he's the next big thing apart from Glockin and Canelo. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be a very, very good notch to get on my record and, you know, and say, well, look, Glofkin, now the man who had a good fight of your beat, and now let's me and you go to go to town. So, 
that's the one I would like myself, to be honest with you. No, top man. Uh, listen, by the way, I um, I loved the fact that you treated yourself to a new watch off the back of that uh, <laughs> victory, mate. You know what I mean? You've got to look after yourself when you're, when you're putting in performances like that. Well done, you. Oh, cheers, lads. No problem. <laughs> it's, always, it's always better when someone else is paying for it. Yeah, though, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> single way, single way. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a gift. It wasn't a pay for anyway. It was a gift. So I nice. <laughs> top man, Billy. Nice one, mate. Take care, pal. Cheers, Vels. See you, lads. See you. Super. The WBO middleweight champion. Definitely the best British overseas performance last year, wasn't it? Uh, without a doubt. And, and you know what? He's, 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 he's dead right. Uh, he and Jake has want the fight hard. It's just the politics of our game that unfortunately mm. uh, uh, scupper a lot of fights that could potentially go on. I know Frank, you know, has, has always been a, a good, good promoter. He can get where, where grass can't. So, uh, but it's just business. It's business and that's what it is and that's the only thing that scuppers these things because there are some good fights out there for him. Uh, and, and Billy Joe, he, he's got himself in the who needs him club. So yeah. right now, he's a champion so they've got to, they can't ignore him but if he hadn't had a title, if he didn't have a, a belt strapped around his ways, they would avoid him like the play. They'd not. They pretend they don't even know his name mm. because he's that kind of fighter. So he's in a great, good, strong position. Let's hope that he gets one of those uh, big, big fights in uh, in 2018, and hopefully here in the UK, so we can all enjoy it um, at a reasonable time of the morning, uh, <laughs> unlike last time. Anyway, um, plenty to come on the show. Gareth Davis is out in the states at this moment in time. He's been speaking to Virgil Hunter. We're going to catch up with him next. You're listening to Talk Sport. This is Fight Night on DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Uh, if you've only just tuned in, where have you been? You've missed Kel Brunt, you've missed Dillian White, you've missed Billy Joe Saunders. Don't worry, it'll all be available for you on podcast. We'll stick the link on social media, of which you can contact us for the final hour of the show at Adam Catterall. You can also text 81089 and give us a ring 08717 Nick Pete from the award-winning Fight Disciples podcast is with me, as is the former WBO Cruiserweight Champion of the World, Johnny Nelson. And it's time right now to get stuck into our very own Hall of Fame. We celebrate different elements of the world of boxing, whether it be a fighter, whether it be a fight. I mean, one week we even stuck Ricky Hatton's fans into our Hall of Fame, Johnny. Nice. It went that crazy, just yeah. basically because they took over Las Vegas yeah. for the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fights. So different elements of boxing uh, pop up, some relevant to the time of the year and uh, uh, times of the month and various things like that. However, tonight, we haven't told you tonight's Hall of Fame, have we? No. That's because we're sticking you in it, mate. No way, what? We, we are sticking <laughs> you in it. The entertainer's about. going in. That's it. We are sticking you in it. And the reason why we're sticking in it, because of the ridiculous long reign of being the cruiserweight champion of the world. I think that's actually still a world record to this yeah, day, yeah, isn't yeah. it? 1999 to 2005. 13 successful defences, as Billy just pointed out a couple of moments ago. An amazing achievement. So we're sticking you in there, mate. Nice. And, the, and the reason why we're sticking you in there, not only because of that, 
because of the start of the career to get to that point? Mm, the journey. Absolutely. How did this all begin for you? You just rocked up, no amateur experience, no amateur experience and said, let's get this on, man. Let's get this on. I actually had 13 amateur fights, but I won three. So I did win three of them. Like I said, no amateur experience. (laughs) You know what? In my head, I always thought to myself, I didn't think I was any good. I just thought everybody else was rubbish. So when I was British champion, I didn't think I was any good. I just thought they were rubbish. I thought, he's not very good. You thought you were the best of a bad bunch. Is that yeah, what you I were saying? Thought, I thought I slipped in there. I always thought it was like, I'm on a hustle here. I'm going to get exposed here. And, and and unfortunately for me, I had to, unfortunately and fortunately, now looking back at it, I had to learn my trade in public. So when I boxed bad, I did. I just didn't get a, a mouthful from, from a corner. I got a mouthful from the general public. Now yeah. since crap is boring. So you, you, get, you become a bit thick-skinned until you get to a point where you think... Once the penny drops, he realises that the, 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 the line between success and failure is very, very thin. Yeah. And I say that to a lot of youngsters coming through. I said, honestly, it's actually, once you understand the formula to winning, the formula to, to that mental attitude, yeah. you'll never lose. And I knew once I won the world title, I knew I'd never lose it again in the ring because I wasn't... You look at Anthony Joshua now, he became world champion, he still talks, he still, he still carries himself like a hungry fighter, lives with his mom, mm. still, a, still a tight arse, don't want to spend any money. And so when you've got that attitude as a champion, you will be champion for as long as you want. And, and so once I became world champion, I was never, I just thought, is that it? I want a bit more than this. So, so each time I defended it and defended it, I, I, it, it didn't, I would, didn't become complacent. Mm. I, I was still hungry. I still fought like a challenger. And, and it wasn't until... Uh, my last fight against Cantatore, uh, when I thought to myself, you know what, I think it's time you, you, you want to walk away from this. The reason being is because one morning, when I, and me, I always get up in the morning to go run at stupid o'clock. One morning, uh, it was raining, and I thought, nah, I'm not getting up. And I stayed in bed. Is that the sign? And that was a sign. For right. me, that was a sign. I thought, I'd never do that in a million years. Once I understood what the formula was to being a champion. So, so I didn't publicly say... That's it, I'm going to jack in. I thought, after the fight, because I was due to fight Enzo Macronelli, I thought I'm going to sit ringside and say, the last time the, the, the ITV public saw me was in 1919 against Carlos Dele and the, the, the famous board draw. Now I've just smashed your boy and I'm quitting. That's me done. That was my speech all rehearsed and everything. Unfortunately, the fight... Did you do it in happen. front of the mirror? Had you done it in oh front of the mirror? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. like little Elvis slide, like little... <laughs> and, uh, and that's how I did it. So I don't, even now, I look back on my career, I actually don't... I actually don't think it was that, that I look at other fighters, I think, wow, I actually don't think that about me. I just think I just, I was a regular guy. Uh, I wasn't a hard man. I was just a man in a hard job. And that's how I look at it. And it just doesn't, the penny just hasn't dropped there. So for, I don't the, get it. for those that don't know the journey, I mean, nowadays we're, we're, we're kind of drilled into us about undefeated records is what yeah. we're, especially at the start of someone's career prospects. I mean, we're big fans of people like Josh Kelly and yeah. people like that, right? Yeah. So the people's paths are planned and strategically placed to get them on the, on the trajectory to then mm. get themselves in for title shots. You started with three defeats, mate. <laughs> yeah, dude. You started with three I defeats. Actually, listen, this to this one. I thought I'm going to get to five fights and pack in and get a proper job because I thought if I don't win one, that's me done. I won my fourth one. I thought... Uh, I better stick around. <laughs> let's, let's just get to ten. So each every 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 five I thought I'll get to number ten. I'll get to ten. I'm pack in. So I had no intention of being world champion, British champion. I thought get to five fights. All right, I've either got to get a proper job. All right, I'll have another five fights and then get a proper job. This is what was my mentality. And so, and even when I became British champion, and you see me strutting around the ring, beating Andy Strong on the undercard of Nigel Ben Michael Watson, I thought. 
I think I'd pack in at 25 fights. That's me done. Mm. This is how I was thinking. So it's just, it, it, I just didn't realise the enormity of what I was achieving. Now I look back in it, I think, wow. And that's why there's a lot of kids that are coming through and they think having an unbeaten record is everything. To me, it's not. It's, it, it's, it's a case of if you want it enough, you'll get it. Mm. It's that simple. You've just got to be honest with yourself. Nick, you follow quite a lot of mixed martial arts and the attitude in UFC compared to boxing with undefeated records is totally different. The attitude is basically if you don't if you've got an undefeated record in you mixed martial arts, the right people. you're not yeah. fighting the right guys. That's yeah. right. That's the attitude completely. Yeah, and uh, I, I just think with Johnny's career because I, I was lucky enough to, to be at quite a few Johnny's world title defenses. He even went know. to Derby, mate. He I went was, to Derby. 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 Thompson. Yeah, he yeah. took him five years yeah. to talk to me after that. <laughs> <laughs> was, is that still for me throughout your career? All amazing defenses, stating incredible. But for me, Carl Thompson still stands up at the moment yeah. when you fell on the floor and you were in tears and you know because it was your third world title (laughs) fight and everything else it it, did just feel you know in my head I thought I've had two world title cracks I drew the first one lost the second one I am not losing I'm winning this title they've gonna have to stretch me out so in my head again in front of the mirror I'm practicing my stroke my speech and everything be cool and everything like that the second the fight was stopped it was like somebody hit me because I just dropped rolling about the floor. Relief, thinking, it's like up, a relief thing. Get up, you idiot, get up. And it was just like a big weight lifted off you. Yeah. yeah. And so We saw that with George Groves, really, didn't we? When he yeah. won his world yeah. title. You know what? It's like, like uh, he exercised a demon. Yeah, and Tony that's, Bellew, that's exactly the same. Tony Bellew fell in the ring and, and started that's, crying that's the it, same. But, And you can't help it. And honestly, people think it's an act. You can't help it. In my head, even when I was rolling about on the floor, I'm thinking, get up, you idiot. You. <laughs> and so I'm, I can, if you look at the tape... At one point, we, we all get in the, into a huddle in the ring, me, Dominic, Ryan, I can't remember who else it was, John Ingle, and I started to blubber, and yeah. Dominic said, you dare, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to blubber, I'm thinking, what an idiot. Biggest night of your life, son. Yeah, Cry, yeah, like, yeah, cry yeah. your so, eyes out. So, so, <laughs> so, so to me, yeah, it's a great memory, but the, the, the nicest thing about all that was, it was it was getting clarification for, for Brendan Ingle, because yeah. Brendan Ingle... You know what? We, the, the champions you see come out of the gym mm. are are a tip of the iceberg. The, the amount of he does for a lot of people going in the gym and getting them fit. And I'm thinking, I've I've had 13 amateur fights, only won three, lost my first three professional fights. Now, if he can change somebody like that into a world champion, you know they've got to give this man credit. It's not luck. You know, I wasn't, I didn't turn up there half half cooked. He he made me from scratch. So to me, I was I was an example of the gym. And so that to me was the best feeling. Yeah. It was the greatest feeling because Brendan is such. He, 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 he was such a clever, clever guy. You know, he played a fool to catch the wise. A quick story. One time when I won the world, I won the British title. Um, Brendan was scared of the dark. And uh, so, so yeah, so we, we came back from London and uh, I drove the car from the coach station up to his house and he's told me to stop at the graveyard at the top of his road. And he said, right, I'm going to walk. It's like three o'clock in the morning, pitch black. He said, right, you've done something, which is winning a British title. So I'm going to conquer one of my fears, which was walk through the graveyard. I'm thinking, no! So I'm thinking, I've either got to go after him and chase him. That means I'm stuck in the middle of the graveyard. <laughs> or, or I've got to try and talk him out of it. He just walked off into the dark, into the graveyard. And next morning, I rang him up. Brent, did you get him all right? Honestly, it was just... Weird, weird wow. as hell. But he was, he was, he was the kind of guy that. But then, he, what does that do for your psychology the ex- next time out? Exactly, and that's what it is. And and with Brendan, it was, it was, it was just as much. He said, "I'm brainwashing you in a positive way." And I thought, "Well, good on you, mate. Good on yeah. you." Where'd you keep the belts now, man? 
you got uh, well, display? well, I gave one of them to Brendan yeah. uh, because you know, that's what's most important. I gave one of them to Naz, a British uh, a Lonsdale belt. Because... He's got enough. What are you giving Naz <laughs> a belt? What the, thing is, the thing is, he what never. Are you doing? The thing is, he never had a Lonsdale belt. I gave him one yeah, as a present. Did he? So I said, "Hey, yo, you know, it's something that you could buy anything in the world. Yeah, that's yours." Uh, I gave uh, Brendan one of my European titles and one of me the other titles I got uh, belts I got. And to me, I think that's what's most important. All you can do is put them up on the wall. Yeah. Uh, so I've got, I've got one, I've got three belts on my wall. The rest of them are in museums in Sheffield. I've yeah. given away to people that are important to me uh, because I think, you know, it's, it's, it's special. It's nice. It's, not, it's, it's something I can't buy, borrow, pretend to have. Apart from the belts then, have you kept anything? Um, kept those fancy shorts, yeah. skirt shorts, whatever. They were it. wicked, man. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was hoping you'd burn them. <laughs> no, by now. they were they were a different level. I hated them. For a, for a man to be shorts. knocking about them in the uh, mid mid nineties. <laughs> yeah, but, but the idea is, if you see a six foot three black fella turn up in a skirt, in the ring, you're thinking <laughs> he can have a fight, or I'm going to smash it. So you're going to find out what's going to happen. So uh, to me, it was it was all a lot of it was uh, mental as well. Yeah, I thought right now I've got to make you think I'm better than what. Actually, yeah. Just quickly, uh, bef- as we finish this <laughs> section, because obviously you hold that record at Cruiserweight. When you look at the current Cruiserweights who are in this World yeah. Boxing Super Series, who are the boys that you're at? I'll tell you, there's a guy called Alexander Usyk. Oh, he's unbelievable, isn't he? This kid is going to unify the, unif- uh, the, the, the Cruiserweight uh, division. He's going to step up to heavyweight. He's going to do the same at heavyweight. <sighs> this guy is top draw, top dog. He's going to have 12 fights. This guy's unbelievable. When the first time I saw him, I thought, there's your man. Yep. There, there's the next man that's going to be a, heavy, a cruiserweight champion yeah. and uh, a heavyweight champion. Footwork of a middleweight, isn't he? Oh, my goodness. Hand speed. He's hand speed. Another guy called uh, uh, Bradis. He's, he's, you know, they're all Eastern Europeans. Tough, strong. But Usyk, Alexander Usyk, he's yeah. the man that I said. They're all in that world boxing super Well, Usyk and Bradis well, are fighting each other a week of Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Week after, then you've got uh, Doitikos against Gassiev. Yeah. Yeah. Gassiev's no mug. Yeah. I reckon it's going to be Gassiev Usyk in that final. Yeah. That I think, you know, when, when I saw he was in the in the uh, tournament, I said, that's a done deal. That is a done deal because he is like, this is just... He's a like a big Lomachenko, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is a stepping stone for him. He's he's the man. And I thought, you've got to keep an eye on him. And if you can get a bit on now, put a bit on that. He's going to be heavyweight world champion. Do you there think you he's the biggest threat to AJ's, you know, legacy? Yes. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and that's and that's that's a that's a big call. But AJ needs him. Uh, he needs somebody like that, and that's why Ali needed Fraser, if, Foreman. If, they, if, if AJ is still champion this time next year or the end of next year, Osik uh, uh, steps up to heavyweight. He's the guy. If I was AJ's people, to, to keep well away from him because he the, he is dangerous. Yeah. The kids on it. He was actually sparring with uh, uh, Vladimir uh, Klitschko uh, in preparation for the AJ fight, and, uh, and and Klitschko let us see so much. And uh, Usyk got in the ring, and he mugged him off. No, and so Klitschko Oof. only let him do one round, and then got him out because we were there. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw it, I thought, "Oh dear, we've got a problem here." <laughs> He's good. Remember the name, Alexander Usyk. He's fighting a week of Saturday in the uh, World Boxing Super Series semi-final. He's, he's travelling as well. I think he's going to Latvia. Is it Latvia that they're going? Because it's sold out. Because I like yeah. that tournament. Breeders, that's breeders sells good, it out. You know, yeah, that tournament is, is really good. I Tremendous. hope we have some more of them down yeah. the line. We, we saw Carl Froch in the, the Super Six. Super yeah. Six. Few years ago, uh, now, yeah. now this one here, I think, it's captured the public's imagination. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we get an undisputed champion at the yeah, end of it. That should be uh, should be tremendous. Uh, Gareth A. Davis is out and about in the states. He's uh, been speaking to. Virgil Hunter, you're going to hear that conversation next. You listen to Talksport. Are you listening to uh, Talksport? This is Fight Night. 
Uh, Nick Peake's with me, as is uh, Johnny Nelson. Gareth A. Davis is out in the States. Do you know, Johnny, he takes the whole of January off. <laughs> he does. He's like royalty, isn't he? Mate, it's unbelievable. <laughs> he's out enjoying himself in California. To be fair, he is working. He's catching up with quite a lot of people. He's been catching up with Virgil Hunter. We spoke about Virgil a little earlier on when we were speaking about Amir Khan. And that's where this conversation begins. He begins by asking him why he wishes that Khan never took that fight against Canelo Alvarez. He didn't want to fight either. He didn't want the no, fight? No, he did not want that fight. He told me that the next day. I was totally against the fight. But when I saw the insistence that um, that's what it was going to be, what am I going to do? So I'm left to put the best plan together I can put to get him out of there safe. And um, I can remember day in and day out going over certain things. And, um, you know, it really hurt me that it ended up that way. But, no, I didn't want that fight for him. Uh, to me, it didn't make any sense at all. He, he was 5-0. and oh. He was the number one contender for the 147-pound belt. And, and a five-win stretch, you mean? Yeah, yeah. He was the number one contender for Garcia. You, what did you have to gain other than a little money? So well, a lot was, of money. <laughs> yeah, well, I was so I was totally against it. And obviously, we haven't seen him box since then. Exactly. Um, and we go, it's probably going to be, by the time he comes back, I mean, I have spoken to Amir. Mm-hmm. E- even last night, I was in touch with him, believe it or not, before we, we met. Um, he said to me, I'm going to dominate 147 in 2018, but it will be almost two years, Virgil, probably by the time he comes back. And, um, you know, he's still a young man. We know how gifted he is. Um, he, he's been incredible under you as well. Um, can he still come back and do that? He wants to dominate. He wants to win the 147 division. Um, has time passed him by? We talked about these 147 fighters just now. I mean, has he still got the wherewithal to, to come back and, and, and be a major force in the division? Well, you never can tell that as a fighter until he has his first fight coming back. Um, so I won't be able to tell that. Look, I've always said that if he would have been into the sport mentally and physically, and this was his first and foremost priority, that he would have been one of the greats. I, I really believe that because he had such ability. Um, and imagine him taking it even higher. But um, unfortunately, you know, at this point that hasn't, happen um does he have an opportunity to come back and do it um it's big odds it's big odds um only time will tell um finally today let's talk about the heavyweight division because i know you're fascinated by it and when the heavyweight division's fascinating it helps the whole of boxing because mm-hmm. it's almost another sport altogether mm-hmm. it brings big money fights mm-hmm. tyson fury can now come back anthony joshua um, has two or three of the belts, if you mm-hmm. count the IBO. Mm-hmm. Deontay Wilder's over here. We're expecting uh, Anthony Joshua to fight uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Parker in the UK in the next two to three months. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on the heavyweight division at the moment? And, you know, what's your take on Anthony Joshua, first of all? Um, are you fascinated by him? Do you think he's got what it takes? Is this a fascinating era? Will Tyson Fury uh, coming back mm-hmm. be, be great for the mix as well? Well, I think where Anthony is right now, um, you have to give him all the credit in the world. Uh, you can't, and I think he's still a project. 
developing. You know, he's only, what, 27, 28 years old. So he's still in, in this development stage, finding his way. Uh, just like we spoke earlier about, will he come in lighter? Uh, well, he's two stone opponent. heavier than when he turned yeah. pro, so that's a right. shock for you, isn't it? Well, not necessarily, because it worked for him. You know, but sometimes when we go on, when we take on certain things, it might work for a while. And then we have to realize we might have to make a change and kind of find middle ground. So I think he's just like any other heavyweight in the in the business that they're finding their way and they're trying to shore up their strengths and, and cut out their weaknesses. And um, it's, it's a good time. This year should be a great year for heavyweights. If Fury comes back, you can't count him out. He has a lot of ability. He does a lot of things wrong right. Gareth will be joining us on the, uh, on the show shortly, live from America. That's him catching up with Virgil Hunter a little earlier on this week. Now, Virgil, obviously, has been a man that has been training uh, Amir Khan. Interesting to listen to him talking about Amir there and the weight category that he's coming back at. He seemed very... Dismissive, wasn't it? <laughs> in, a, in a roundabout way. L- listen, S- similar to how we were early Vir- on, though. Yeah, Virgil Hunter is is one of the few old school trainers, or with the old school trainers mentality left. He wants you to live the life, and, and in that interview, he's more or less saying, "If a mere lived the life, he'd do so much more." Mm. Uh, and I knew that was an issue when they worked together. I don't know if they're still working together or not, but it will always be an issue. Uh, and I, I don't get that. Uh, and, and Virgil's one of those fighters, uh, trainers where he says he doesn't get why you don't live the life. Be in the gym. It d- doesn't mean you can't party. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, have a, have a have a pig day or two. Just be in the gym. That's your job. That That's your habit. That's your lifestyle. And I think that's very frustrating for Virgil because he wanted Amir to be over with him at the gym, lock, stop, lock stock and barrel. Mm. Amir wasn't prepared to do that. And that means you're, you're talking now, ticking over between fights, even when the fight's yes. not booked, be in the gym yeah. so you've got a best level fitness. Yeah, and, and, it, it, and, and Virgil's not impressed by the, 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 the celebrity lifestyle. Mm. He's saying you get on with You look at Andre Ward. Andre Ward is um, an amazing fighter, but he, he, he's grounded because he lives in the gym. That's yeah. how it is. And that's how Virgil wants his fighters to be. And I think it's to the detriment of of Amir's success, you know he could have succeeded and, and done so so much more. And even uh, Virgil saying it's it's a tall order, it's a big ask, but uh, uh, it's about what works for Amir. And if Amir's comfortable doing it his way, then fine. I just think it's a case of how much he wants it. We won't know what Amir's got left, how good Amir is until he gets in the ring, mm. yeah. and then we then we can all make our assessment. All make our assessment if he's going to be the king of the one four seven division again. It's the same with Kelbrook, and so therefore Virgil. He's been he's he's been fair. He's 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 not he's not blown smoke up his ass. He's no. just he's just told he's told he's told his truth, and so we'll find out when uh, when Amir gets in the ring. There you go. Uh, well, we're going to be speaking to Gareth A. Davis, who's been speaking directly to him and Amir Khan next on Fight Night. You're listening to Talk Sports. <laughs> Talk Radio have shaken up its lineup with new signings and schedule changes to get you talking. Legendary TV radio broadcaster Eamon Holmes takes over the daily four till seven drive time slot from Monday. Current mid morning host Julie Julia Hartley Brewer uh, moves to breakfast, bringing you a no nonsense approach to the biggest stories of the day from six thirty. You can tune in to Talk Radio on DAB online via TalkRadio.co.uk and via the iOS and Android apps. As for tonight, you are listening to uh, Talk Sport Fight Night 
on a week-by-week basis, we get stuck into all the biggest uh, fight sports topics. Johnny Nelson with me, as is Nick Pete from the Fight Disciples podcast. And one man that's normally uh, sat here, however, I've just told Johnny that he, he's just decided to take four or five <laughs> weeks off. He's gone out to California to go and enjoy himself as the lad. He is grafting because we just heard him talking to Virgil Hunter. It's the one and only Gareth there, Davis. Gareth, how are you, mate? Gentlemen, I'm very well, thank you. I, you've got two of my wingmen in your studio with you. Yes, tonight. mate. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the tan coming on? Are you looking sharp? I'm looking, always looking sharp. Been done my hair in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> 11 kilos Johnny knows this. I'm 11 you... kilos lighter at the moment than I was this time last year. Well, mate, you'll be coming back like I'm here, can't mate? Wait, 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 dripping off you. Listen, we've just been listening to your conversation uh, that you had with uh, with Virgil. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Really honest okay. as well from Virgil with the way that he's um, he's quite with with Amir. He's basically saying, "Let's wait and see. Let's see where he's at when he does make this comeback, and then we can all make a judgment as to whether he is going to rule at one four seven." Virgil, I thought he was incredibly honest about Amir, and, and I spoke to Amir in the week as well, and reflected Virgil's views back to Amir, did a piece in the Telegraph, and Amir agreed with it all. I mean, I think, you know, you and I spoke in the week in Extra Time, and your show in Extra Time as well, Adam, mm. but, you know, the point is, you can see with Virgil, he's always been the headmaster, he's so sage, he's so wise, you can see, in fact, why he was a brilliant guide for Andre Ward in those, you know, 23 years that he was with Virgil Hunter before he retired. Virgil's so on point with things. Um, we don't know with Amir. And, you know, for me, Amir's got two fights, like an Adrian Broner potentially in April and, and a kind of opponent like Adrian Broner, someone who will really test him, but it yeah. can't be too difficult an opponent because he's been away nearly two years. And then he's just got to have the fight with Cal Brooker, whatever weight they can do it. Because, you know, I think the ambition to dominate the 147-pound division, as Virgil said, is a really big ask now with, with Errol Spence there in the division and, and, and Terence Crawford fighting um, Jeff Horn. You know, it's a, those guys are moving up the world pound for pound list, those two men from America. Um, mm. And I think it may be a step too far to want to win a world title back. In my view, it, he doesn't need to win another world title. He just needs to have a couple of fights to satisfy himself that his career is coming to an end. He'll always be ambitious, but... As Johnny knows, it's not how you lose, it's not whether you lose in fights, it's how you've lost. And he's mm. lost, you know, a couple of times he's been horribly knocked out. So, you know, Amir's got to come back, he's got in shape in the jungle, and, and as Virgil said, I want to see the hunger back in him. Um, I thought he was, like you say, he was fascinating on Amir, mm. he was fascinating on Nicola Adams, who he believes will win a world title this year, and I thought Virgil was brilliant on the heavyweight division as well. Gareth, I heard you ask him about um, uh, the Canelo fight, and he said he wasn't, he didn't really fancy that. Did you ask him about uh, the the Brook fight and why it never happened at this point? No, I, I didn't ask him about that. I mean, Virgil. Oh, you butler! Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I think it's a fight he would be interested in Amir taking, of course, because it's a big fight. I mean, Virgil also said he thinks the fans in Britain are the best fans in the world. Um, I meant ask Virgil. I didn't mean ask Amir. I meant, did you ask Virgil about it? Because he, at that point, when when uh, Amir was training with him, did you ask Virgil if he uh, uh, about that, that that part of the fight? No, I know I didn't. But I, I, I don't think Virgil um, makes those decisions for Amir. It's very much Amir, his yeah. team, uh, yeah. you know, his team, and 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 Al Heyman rather than Virgil. I think Virgil is is his coach in those sessions that he stays 
in America. I mean, next week, when Amir's coming over here next week, and as you know, I'm here for the rest of the month. You know, I'm back and forth LA, and then I'm going to Joseph Parker's training camp in Vegas. Don't uh, rub it in. The wild... All right. <laughs> All right, don't rub it in. Look at him now. He's milking it's it. Now. Job, it's my <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, what, I, I tell you, the, the thing is, there is so much going on in, mm. in the fight world at the moment. I mean, I think it's a massive year. I mean, I can't remember a year where in the first two weeks of January, we've got fights stacked up all the way into April. I think it's a great travesty that, by the way, that I'm sure you've mentioned this tonight, that uh, I haven't been listening to the whole of the show, but it's a real travesty that Amir Khan's coming back on the night that Carl Frampton's yeah. fighting Manito Donaire in Belfast as well. I mean, yeah. I, I understand Frank Warren's quexation uh, at um, Eddie Hearn announcing that fight and Amir Khan deciding to do it on that night. But, you know, these things happen sometimes. You do have an overlap, you know? Mm. Regarding um, fights that uh, may, may be announced this week, I mean, Johnny's been very nondescript. I know he's contractually obliged not to tell us, but March 31st, Cardiff, I know that you'll spill the beans, mate. You've just been speaking to Joseph Parker. Uh, shall we take a quick listen to a, a part of that conversation before we carry on? This is Gareth chatting to uh, Joseph Parker, who allegedly arrives in the UK tomorrow. It's a, it's a, in boxing world, I mean, with division, or in any division, you know, one punch can change anything. So I feel like you know, we saw him, be dropped by Klitschko and he said uh, the heart uh, to get up and, and finish the fight but uh, I mean you know, if I get in with him and I catch him I'm not going to give him the chance and I feel like uh, you know his jaw is a bit suspect but he, he did really well to come back from that last fight with him, so um, if I got him into the trouble that Klitschko got him into there's no, there's no chances there's no giving him space to recover I'm going to go for it and go for the kill now, as heavyweights go, he's a lovely guy, Josie Parker. We spoke to him on many, many occasions, but he is a killer in there. He can whack a little bit. How was he when he when you were chatting to him? And what can you tell us regarding the latest? Because Johnny's not going to tell us, so you tell us, Gareth, what's going to what's going to happen uh, this week regarding AJ Parker. Well, the, the full interview is in the Telegraph tomorrow morning, Sunday Telegraph. Um, I spoke to Joseph just as he was stepping on the plane from New Zealand. He's in Vancouver at the moment. In fact, he's en route. He's just boarded a flight in Vancouver to London. He'll be arriving there in a few hours' time in the early morning UK time. He hasn't signed the contract yet, but he, um, Craig Stanaway, his PR guru, and David Higgins, his promoter, um, they've been over the fine print, and, and I think they're very, very close to signing. I think he's not going to sign till he gets to the UK. We are looking at the end of March. It does look like the Principality Stadium. I think there are um, the venues are still in the offing, but Cardiff is still the favourite. We are either looking at the very end of March or the 1st of April. They're just ironing that out. But Joseph Parker will arrive in the UK tomorrow. I imagine there'll be uh, an announcement either on Sky or there will be a press conference Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. And then Parker is hoping, he told me, to go straight to Vegas after his press duties, after all the interviews they will do. Um, and then he will get into training camp. As I said, I'm going to try and visit him down in Vegas. I don't think it'll be a problem for me to go and visit him in Vegas. But yeah, I think... You know, what was amazing about him was that this campaign that his team have come up with about Joshua's glass jaw, um, he said he's going to smash his glass jaw to bits. I haven't heard um, Joseph talk like that before. He said mm. there's no way that Joshua's going to get under his skin. He can't intimidate him, and I believe him. He's a very mellow man. He's a, he's a huge man as well. People don't think he's very big, Parker, but, you know, he's 247 pounds. He's, he's six foot four, and, and if he does land on Joshua... Um, he, he's going to knock him out. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know, this is a, a very interesting fight for me. And I think Parker has this very deep-seated self-belief. 
Um, he thinks that uh, Josh has had it all his own way so far in the 20 months he's been a world champion. I thought he was very good. It's a fantastic interview um, that, that he gave just before he stepped on the plane. It was a delight for me to speak to him. I, I just think it's one of those massive occasions again we're going to have at the end of March, early April um, with Anthony Joshua again. He is the, the, the most probably the most famous boxer in the world now, to be honest. Um, so it, it's brilliant. As I say, it's lining up for a brilliant uh, early kind of third of the year in, 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 in fight sports. So there you go, Johnny. You've got a press conference on Tuesday, all right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know. Regarding the uh, other heavyweights, because it's been announced over the last 24 hours, uh, Deontay Wilder, a man that we want to see AJ in with at some point, um, is going to be fighting Luis Ortiz. That's happening March 3rd, if I'm not mistaken, Gareth. And then you've got your mate Tyson Fury, who uh, is applying for his uh, licence. I believe that he's teaming up with Frank uh, at some point, uh, maybe at the back end of this year and the start of 2019. We might see him in that mix as well. Yeah, there's no question about that. Tyson Fury's got the bit between his teeth again. And as Joseph Parker said to me in this interview, you know, look, if you count Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, myself and Anthony Joshua, there's four of us in the world undefeated. And it would be a travesty if the four of us don't meet. We need to know who the number one is in the world. This is what boxing's all about. It, you know, and he thinks there should be one champion in every division. That's his view. I think we will find out over the next kind of 16, 18, 25 months, 24 months, I don't know why I picked 25 months, but 24 <laughs> months, that, that, uh, that who is the number one in the world? We really don't know who it is right now. Joshua would probably be picked at the moment of the active fighters. Um, but, uh, you know, him and Deontay Wilder is a 50-50 fight. Tyson Fury back fully fit for me is probably the most awkward heavyweight in the world uh, as it stands, you know, fit and, and mentally and physically fit again. Um, obviously, he's got to jump through some hoops with a boxing mm. board of control. And if Warren applies, Frank Warren applies for his license, that's brilliant. I think that it's interesting, March the 3rd, um, very interesting fight, Deontay Wilder um, against Luis Ortiz. It depends what Luis Ortiz turns up because he's a very, very awkward 55-year-old heavyweight. You know that, <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the birth certificate. I better not say that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, we don't know, actually, how old Luis Ortiz really is, because I don't no. think they ever found his birth certificate. But the, the, <laughs> the funny thing is, Wilder, of course, this, this interesting side story, a charge of secondary marijuana possession. The funny yeah. thing, of course, he, he had to pay a, a $1,000 bail bond. He's ordered it 60 hours community service. And the funny thing is, his, his attorney claimed the marijuana wasn't his client's, wasn't uh, Wilder's, stating that WBC champ had recently been driving his Rolls Royce but switched to his Escalade, which Patterson stated other people sometimes borrowed. So it was <laughs> nice. second-hand marijuana smoke in his yeah. second car. And I tell you, I remember I'm in San Francisco at the moment, where marijuana is now illegal. I was going to say, what state was he coming from? Yeah. You just said it just came out of the wrong state. Well, what state was he coming from and what state was he in? You know, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> but, but, um, but no, it's a fascinating fight. And you know what? Louis Ortiz, and I'm sure Johnny will testify to this, if the right Louis Ortiz turns up, um, he could easily upset the apple cart in all of this. Yeah, he could do. He could. Listen, my man, thank you so much for your time. I've no doubt we'll be speaking again next week. Have you got anybody on the agenda this week who are you speaking to? Oh, yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have uh, Rampage, Quinton Rampage Jackson sit down early next week. Mr. T. Mr. T, yeah. Exactly, Mr. T. Uh, down, in, uh, down in the wildcard gym, I'll be speaking to Freddie Roach. And, of course... I'm sure you've mentioned it. Stipe Miocic, Francis Nganu oh, fight next week. I'm hoping to get a word from him. And also, 
I'm, I'm going to be in LA on the night, uh, next Saturday night. I'll be talking to you from the forum in Los Angeles, just out in Inglewood, Los Angeles, where yeah. I'll be watching Rampage against Chelsea on it. And of course, Rory McDonald against Douglas Lima, that I think arguably could decide in Bellator, Bellator 192, arguably the best uh, welterweight in the world. I'd agree with that. I'd agree. Nice one, my man. We'll speak to you next week. Go there, Davis. There, live. See from, you later, uh, White Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> from the states. Um, stick around because there's plenty still to talk about in the final 15 minutes of the show. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. <laughs> Play, the, play this for you, Johnny. Making you feel at home on I a fight night, you see? Yeah, you see? I, you seem all rocking when this comes on. It's like the best you Isn't it weird how Neil Diamond... It was and now it's the soundtrack of yeah. British boxing. <laughs> Neil Diamond has just taken over British boxing Absolutely. pre-fight. Absolutely. I think people are actually buying tickets just for that moment. <laughs> so they can go... Da, da, da. <laughs> it's the darts. What's the darts song? It's the equivalent. Yeah, the darts is. have got theirs. Oh, yeah, Boxing's got... Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, now, every single week, uh, we have a, a moment... Gareth introduced this, by the way. You'll understand when I tell you about it. It's called Cultural Corner. Now, basically, it's where the fight game transcends into the real world. For example, it might be movies, it might mm. be songs, it might be books and various things like that. So we try our very best uh, to show a little bit of the real world being affected by fight sports. We've had Amir Khan's escapades in the jungle and all that type of nice. stuff recently. Uh, today, though, I'm leaving this to you, Nick, aren't I? You've got something yeah. quite nice for us. We'll get you the theme tune, Sunshine, so you can get stuck in. Let's cue okay. the music. Here we go. Let's get it on. Bit of Raging Bull for you. Bit of Raging Bull. Now then, you want to take us actually to a little bit of literature, don't you? Well, That's it. The, the story's inspired by literature, because what we're doing here, Johnny, we're t- the fight game isn't glamorous, we know that. At the top end, it can be glamorous. The diamante-laden shorts, the ring walks, <laughs> the heavyweight championships, all that type of stuff. That can be the glamour. But when you start out, it's not necessarily that glamorous. That's and right. when you're a fighter, you might not necessarily just be a fighter. You might have another gig as well. Like working at Wimpy. You might have another gig. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. So exactly. Nick's been reading a few autobiographies of late, haven't you, my friend? Yeah. And you've uh, you've come up with a few fighters that have uh, secondary jobs when they started their career. And in fact, every now and again, go back to it just for kicks. Yeah, exactly. Well, Stephen Smith, as we all know, was a, was a trainee accountant. Yeah. Goes back to that every now and again. He does people's books, apparently, for the yeah. right amount of money. I think I'm going to send him mine. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> Jamie McDonnell, of course, is still a, is still plasterers now. Still does people's still kitchens does a bit, if you're yeah. available. Yeah, but I found this passage here. Pricey like, does uh, boiler installations. There you go. There you <laughs> go, Pricey. Yeah. Clinton Woods, former world champion. He, uh, he's plasterer. Is he? Yeah. Plaster. Look at this. We're giving them all a plug here. They might have a mobile number on a van or something <laughs> somewhere. Keep an eye out. So I've got I've got somebody's autobiography here. I'm going to read a passage out yeah, okay. relative to what we're talking about. I'm going to see if you and Johnny can guess whose autobiography this is from. Pay attention. Right? Pay okay. attention. Here we go. For the next few days, I tried to immerse myself in my properties. What? I know it is. Wait a minute. I did Wait some tiling in the bathroom and I started <laughs> building a new fireplace. I did the skating boards after that. That's right. I was champion of the world and I was on my hands and knees doing a paint and grouting job. Johnny? Carl Froch. No! Oh! Absolutely nailed it. Absolutely smashed it to bits. Hallelujah. He's the kind of guy that'll say, look, there's a sale on at B&Q. You can get some right cheap lino. <laughs> Carl Froch. Oh, my God. You don't know. He's the tightest guy you will ever come across. <laughs> yeah, I said it. When you read Carl's autobiography, <laughs> after every single world title defence... He redecorates his house. That's right. That's how he relaxes. That's so right. weird. 
There you go. It's not all glitz and glamour in the fight game. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to double up and get a deal at the If you need a new kitchen, ring car for <laughs> That was this week's Cultural Corner. We'll finish the show, actually. By t- um, we, we, we kind of covered the majority of topics uh, on the show today, but um, your first televised gig this year would be Isaac Chamberlain and Lawrence O'Corley. Oh, my God, I'm oh, looking yes. forward to that. That's we, like... Oh, listen, we, get, we, we spoke about this a lot last year, yeah. and it seemed to... The tide has turned with young prospects wanting to fight each other, and we, we kind of support that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because, listen... Back in the day, I think I mentioned it earlier on, Michael Watson against Nigel Ben. These guys, was, uh, it was for a domestic title. These guys boxed at Finsbury Park in a tent. It was massive. Yeah. So both fighters still went on to, to fight for world titles. The rest is history. With Chamberlain and Akoli, both of them are coming. I think the loser, it's not the end of the road for the loser. Again, he can come back, and these guys could fight again. Uh, Chamberlain, he's the one that's he probably thinks to himself, you know what, a Coley's had it given to him, yeah. uh, and he's the one that, that, that's had to go away and be a sparring partner. But a Coley, he can bang. He's hungry. He wants to be the next AJ. I think it's such a mix, a, such a split down in London, and I think the, the build-up for this fight... It's perfect, perfect timing. I hope we see a lot more of it because I don't want it to just be pay-per-view level where you only see these fights and you're having to pay for it each month. Yeah. Let's see it now. Yeah. Get yeah. people talking about it now. And I think, uh, yeah, good shout, good fight. Really looking forward to it. Both nice guys. And uh, it's very intriguing. How have you looked at it? We know a lot about Lawrence, obviously, with his uh, connections to Matchroom. He's been on the show. He's got bags of personality. Yeah. He's a funny, funny kid. Um, but Isaac has actually been out with uh, Uzik doing yes, a little he bit has. of sparring, hasn't but he? Isaac also trained with, uh, he also trained with uh, um, uh, Lennox Lewis. So he, he's yeah, been yeah. out with a lot of big guys. It's like it's like a big kid, and but he likes going out there and sparring with the best of them. I remember when when he signed with Matchroom, it was actually me that pushed him towards him, saying, go on, you can fight. Don't waste your time hanging him out saying, shall I turn pro, shall I turn pro? I like his development. He works some, with some guys that I know down in West London to get his fitness up. Uh, he's hungry. He's very he's is very serious and, and I think for both fighters again I think it's a great way to start uh, 2018 with um, a minute left of the show one fight that you want to see this year one fight I want to see this year oh that's obviously Amir Khan and Kel Brook yeah. of course big shout it Easy is the shout. one isn't it I mean we've said last week Frampton Selby would be a beaut mm. we'd love to see a little bit of that but Amir Khan after the announcement this week it kind of top trumps quite a few things doesn't it and Amir Khan Kel Brook the narrative everything about yeah. it just seems to sit quite nicely well, let's see if Billy Joe can get in the mix as well with either yeah. Golovkin Billy or, Joe or against Kel- Triple G would yeah. be incredible stop it man Yeah, just, just as long as we don't see Conor McGregor in a boxing ring <laughs> he's, fight, he's fighting Manny Pacquiao in an octagon, Stop isn't he? Is that the one that's happening next? <laughs> uh, listen, Johnny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you Always so much for coming always in always and doing a bit for us. Thank you. Uh, Nick, as ever, we will be back next week because Gareth's obviously still swanning around doing whatever he's doing, you know what I mean? Enjoying sure himself out with Mike Tyson. Uh, so you're going to be back on the show next week because we've got Errol Spence Jr. Lamont Peterson to talk about oh, because that's yes. the first big one uh, next week, which we're all going to get that excited about. And for mixed martial arts fans, UFC 220. Francis Ngannou against Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight championship of the world. We've also got a light heavyweight championship to talk about as well. This will be available as a podcast. We'll stick the links up online. Have a good night.